Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of season three of the Toward Light podcast. This episode, I want to look at the stories that we tell ourselves consciously, unconsciously, and ways that we can take some space or step back from those stories. We have a lot of different stories we tell ourselves. Many are repetitive, some are self-protective, some are cultural, some we get from our family of origin, some are so subtle we barely know they're there. So this episode, I want to look at how we identify these stories, some common stories you might relate to, and why this is so important. So in order to see unskillful or repetitive or problematic stories that we are basing our reality on, mindfulness is really the key tool. The practice of mindfulness allows us to create space around what's happening in our mind-body-hearts. It allows us to create this witness consciousness, this way that we can sort of step back and observe our experience, this healthy detaching from our experience so we can really slow things down and understand what's really happening. As we get to know our bodies, hearts, and minds, we see these patterns. We see how certain sensations in the body lead to certain thoughts and vice versa. We see how certain feelings, moods, experiences, sensations can manifest in the mind, in the body. We get to know this part of ourselves that can be called a lot of different things. It can be called witness consciousness, Buddha nature, insight. Other traditions may call it spirit or God or light or whatever you want to call it, but it's this this part that's not wrapped up in the stories that we all have within us, but we're not always connected to it. So that's why mindfulness is so important because we get connected to our, our true voice, to our true self. We get connected to this experience of insight. I like this word story, but people use other things to talk about mental patterns. But what I like about story is that it reminds me that it's not fact. Often with our stories, they're trying to convince us that it is fact and we need to take action based on them. So how do we know the difference between our true insight, a wise thought, and a conditioned habitual story? Knowing the flavor of those thoughts Is there a certain voice they come in? Are they at a certain speed? Do you feel them in a certain part of your brain? Do you hear them in a certain way? Often for me, stories are rapid and are repetitive and sometimes have absolutes in them. We also get to know our experience in the body. This is really important because sometimes the body is our first line of defense. Like when we feel that specific, whatever it is, we know, oh, this is a story. 
For me, depending on the type of story, I might feel it in my jaw or in my chest or in my solar plexus or in my belly. It's usually a tightening, sometimes a buzzing, sometimes my heart rate gets faster. There's a lot of different things that can happen in the body. So getting to know that helps us to identify, oh, this is probably a story. Now I want to give some examples of some common stories that have been coming up for me or for people in my life recently. And please know that if these don't totally resonate with you, hopefully you can still find a thread that does make sense to you. So a story might be, I'm sitting and meditating and the thought keeps coming up. I'm not getting anything done while I'm sitting here meditating. I'm not getting anything done. I have so much to do. Why am I wasting my time? Do you hear how I got rapid? Like that thought can be pretty rapid for me. There's like a pressure, this pressure to be productive, to do something. What that subconscious pattern is doing is it's forgetting that actually I am doing something, that sitting still, that cultivating mindfulness is doing something. But because it doesn't look culturally like what quote unquote doing something is, because I'm not running around or making phone calls or doing errands or taking some kind of action, there is a story, a cultural story for me that tells me I should stand up, I should get get off this cushion and start doing something. So when I hear that story, I can either turn it down, like imagine it's like a radio and turn it down, or I can say, okay, thank you, I hear you, I am doing something really important right now. And when my timer goes off, then I will go do something else. Can also give it a, hey, okay, when the timer goes off in 10 minutes, then we can make our list. We don't need to do it right now. So that's a story that many of us may have culturally, that pressure to be productive, to be doing things, and that discomfort with sitting still. Another story, doing X, Y, or Z is impossible or uncomfortable, so I'm just not going to do it. Now, I'm not saying that we have to do or be good at everything. That's unrealistic. We all have strengths and weaknesses. But this is a fear story, right? This is saying, oh, that's going to be uncomfortable, or I'm afraid how I'm going to look. About a year ago, I started going to a climbing gym, and I don't know anything about climbing, and I'm not in very great shape. And it is struggle to get myself to go because the story says, oh, that's going to be so hard. Oh, you're not going to look good. Oh, people are going to make fun of you, whatever. And so every time I go, I'm like combating that story so I can hear the story and then I get to choose, oh, are you going to like keep me away from going to the gym or am I going to go anyway? Whatever that thing is for you that's kind of at your edge Again, not going over the edge, not pushing yourself to something. I do have a phobia and I have a friend who's trying to sort of like push me out of my phobia. And I'm like, no, like I'm not quite ready to to do that yet. And definitely not ready to do it with that person. So knowing our limits is great, but we also need to see when the fear story is coming up and stopping us from doing things. Another story is when we're with somebody and we nod in agreement to what they're saying, even if it's something we disagree with, because it's important to be polite and not make a scene. 
So the story is politeness is more important than me sharing my truth or more important than my opinion, or it's going to take too much energy for me to stand up for myself, or I'm afraid that I do not have a good argument against this person. So I'm just going to nod because I'm afraid I'm not prepared enough or whatever. That's a lot of different stories that can lead to that scenario, right? And I'm not saying that you need to get into it with every parent that you're standing in pickup line with or whatever. But for relationships that matter to you, to not say your piece, to not speak up, to not challenge because you're afraid of not being polite or you're afraid that you haven't read every article you could about this subject ahead of time or whatever. Again, that's fear. It's a story about fear. It's a story about perception, identity, and it's this very like underlying subconscious, I want to stay in the group. We are tribal animals. We don't want to make waves. We want to stay in our tribe. We don't want to be pushed out of our tribe and be put in danger. That is a old, old biological story. So we can combat that and say, you know, I do, I do not live in a tribe, in a cave anymore. I can, I can speak up for myself. Oh, that story of, I said I will do this thing, so I have to do it, even to the detriment of my well-being. So two weeks ago, I said that this Wednesday, I will have coffee with so-and-so at 11 a.m. Tuesday night rolls around. I'm dreading it. I know I don't have the energy to be with this person. Wednesday morning, I wake up, still don't want to do it, make myself go anyway, spend the rest of the afternoon lying on the couch because it just totally wore me out. I'm sure that some of you can relate to this type of story. And so when we notice some resistance to something in our body, we need to check in. The Buddha gave this example to his son of when you're doing anything, you check in before, during, and after. How do I feel before? How do I feel during? How do I feel after? Now, sometimes, depending on our temperaments, like some of us may have a tendency to want to cancel more or to ahead of time have a little bit more negative anticipation or not want to do things. So that could be our story of like, oh man, like I never want to do anything. But then when we go, it's actually enjoyable. And afterwards we feel energized. So we need to know for each of us, what are our stories around making plans, around spending time with people? What does that look like for us? What do we listen to within ourselves to let us know if keeping that plan is a good idea or not? When is it just the story of, uh, I have so much to do? Or when is it the story of, oh, I better do this even though I don't want to because I need to be polite? The final story that I want to talk about which relates to the last several episodes on compassion is the story of this pain is too much and I cannot be with it. I've mentioned that healthy titration is good. We don't need to stay mired in a problem. Sometimes we need to turn away and then come back to it. But the capacity of our heart is much bigger than we give it credit for. 
because our biological system is telling us to turn away from pain, we just listen to that. But in fact, if we can stay, be with the ouch of that rejection, be be with the ouch of that insult, be with the ouch of that horrible thing that's happening in the world, we are training ourselves to stay, to be present, to not dissociate every time. We are cutting through ignorance when we stay. So when you have the story of, oof, this is too much. I want to check out and read a book, watch a show, get on Instagram. See if you can stay with it for one more minute before you do that, or two. Just training yourself, seeing your capacity, sometimes reflecting on difficult times, right? Like, oh yeah, if I was able to be with that person on their deathbed, then I can handle this breakup right now. It's a different pain, but I know I have the capacity. And I know it's also okay to read my book about magic, and then I'm going to come back. I'll end the episode with the final point about why it's so important to unhook from our stories. I think you've seen it in all of these examples. But when we act from a place of story, we're often acting at our own detriment. We're often not taking our strengths and weaknesses into account. We're often not truly serving ourselves or others. We're often on autopilot, just doing the next condition thing, rather than skillfully responding to this moment, to right now, to what's happening. We all have so many patterns in our lives, and some of that just makes life easier, right? But see if you can mix it up a little bit sometimes. See if rather than walking the dogs counterclockwise around the park, you walk them clockwise around the park. Just training ourselves to see that we can do things differently, that we don't need to be in these habitual patterns. And so to identify stories, you first develop your witness who can see through the stories, who can parse out what's true, what's not true, what's habitual, what's not habitual. You feel it in your body, you get to know it so that then you can feel when a story is coming up, what that feels like in your heart, mind, and body. And then you try to stop the cycle sooner and sooner. So the example of not wanting to keep a plan because I know I'm too tired. Maybe one time I go and then the next time I call the morning of and cancel. And maybe the next time I'm able to call the night before when I first feel it and cancel. My hope for you this week is to pick a story that you know that you have, just one, and bring your attention to it this week. Just really start to notice When does this story come up? Maybe it's a story about productivity. When I sit down to meditate, when I sit down to read, when I go take a bath, my mind is going the whole time telling me I got to get stuff done. Okay. Can you pay attention to that voice? Can you get to know what that feels like? Can you see if you can turn it down, put it aside, push it in the background and, and focus elsewhere? and get really clear about what you actually need in that moment. 
Detaching from our stories means that in each moment, we can respond appropriately to whatever is happening in our environment, in our body, heart, and mind, because we are present in the moment and not caught in habituated patterning. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.